0: I'm so excited to be able to be here this morning and be able to uh, speak to you guys and, and preach to you this morning and, and give you the word that God has laid on my heart. Uh, it is a great Sunday to have our seventh graders move up and just to see that transition take place in their lives, and, and it's awesome. And so let's just keep the good times rolling and get into it. Uh, today we're going to be in the book of Matthew, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8. So if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 8, we're going to be in in verses 23 through 27. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. This is the word of the Lord. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're gonna drown. He replied, you are. Of little faith why are you so afraid then he got up he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm the men were amazed and asked what kind of man is this even the winds and the waves obey him this is the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God pray with me Lord we thank you again for this place and for this day and for this time I pray that you'll bless it. I pray that you'll bless the words that are spoken by me, Lord, your words spoken through me to your people. God, I pray that these words won't be mine, but they will all be yours, God. Do what only you can do this morning, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Well, good morning. I this is it, It's a cool Sunday. It's my first uh, Sunday, you know, promotion Sunday as well, so I'm kind of with the 7th graders, you know, moving up, going into my first year as a youth pastor here. And so, we're in the same boat. And, and I tell you that, 7th graders, um, I tell you that because I want you to know that you're not alone. Like, we all are going through different transitions in our life. I mean, you guys are going, even in church, you know, you're going from children's church with Pastor Diane, who's amazing, to moving up to that weird youth pastor and you know, the other weird kids in the youth group. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a transition for sure and there's, there's good things in that and there's bad things. And that goes with every transition. There's gonna be good times and bad times. And, and for me, I feel like my, the past year of my life has been one big hodgepodge of transition. Uh, just a little over a year ago, me and my wife, Hannah, got married. And so we got married July uh, 10th, I'm just playing, I know it, we got married on July 10th, and that was an awesome day, and it was one of those good transitions that you wish you could just sit in forever. Like, I wish I could just relive that day every single day of my life. But since then, you know, it's like a roller coaster, there's up and downs. Uh, We moved to Oklahoma City to finish out school. Hannah's got one semester left, I've got one year left, because she's just that much smarter than me. And... So we finish out uh, school there. Hannah, she graduates. That's kind of the next big transition that we go through. And then we go home for Christmas, and we have an awesome uh, time at home. And then January 1st, we, we go back to SNU. We pull into our apartment. We see water running out the door, and we're like, uh-oh. And we open up the door, and a pipe bursts and just water everywhere, couch molded, everything molded over And so we made a quick transition that day. We had to get everything that was still good out of there, move into a new apartment, and keep it going. And it sucked. And so, again, like, you know, so Hannah graduating, awesome. Our apartment flooding, not so awesome. And then from there, things are good. I finished out school, and then it's kind of the big transition of college to the real world. Like, what are we gonna do? And God provided, God was faithful, and he provided this job, and um, I was able to accept it, and that's awesome. And so I was able to accept this position, and that right there is a transition, even before I got here, because, you know, half of my mind is like, I got to finish school. The other half of my mind is like, what am I going to do? And trying to figure all of that stuff out, it's just crazy. And so then I graduated, just barely, but I graduated. And and I graduate, and n- another big transition. And then the day after graduation, we're kind of getting stuff in place, how are we gonna you know, get to Bentonville, getting the U-Haul rented and all that good stuff, and my parents took my truck home. And they got around Tulsa, and then the truck broke down and just you know, wasn't worth fixing, so now we're a one-car household. And so we take the U-Haul, and around Tulsa, in U-Haul, our U-Haul breaks down. And so we have everything we own in the back of this U-Haul on the side of the road, and we're sitting there for about three hours waiting on somebody to show up and to to help out, and so they finally get out there, we get it going, we get to Bentonville, we get moved. And then fast forward a couple weeks after that, um, we decide, hey, let's go visit some friends in Oklahoma City. And so we get on the road and we go to Oklahoma City, have a good visit, uh, see our friends, do all the good stuff, and then we're headed back home. Tulsa, we're just going to avoid Tulsa, because Tulsa <laughs> seems to be where everything goes wrong. Um, we get around to Tulsa, I guess a little bit before Tulsa, but still, we're, we're on the road, and we get out there, and then a car hits us, it's a, a, a hit and run, our car's totaled, now we're zero cars. And so we, we find ourselves back home, and we're borrowing a car from our family, and that big help, and then we're able to get a car. And so we got a car, and that kind of brings you up to speed on us. Uh, I, you know, it's, there's the good and there's the bad, and you gotta take them both uh, when you're in this, uh, in a life of transition. And, and it's not just me, I mean, even two days ago, we went to Oklahoma City again, and in I'm just playing, we did not, nothing happened in Tulsa. We made it fine, we moved my sister into SNU, the best school there is in Oklahoma City. Um, I, I can't remember who I was telling, I told somebody the other day that I made a deal with SNU that every single kid in my youth group would go there. So, parents start saving now, um, and we're all gonna go to SNU, right, guys? Okay, no, that's cool. So, oh, okay, cool, thank you. Um, but, so, I lost what I was saying. But, <laughs> so, we moved Reese into SNU, and that right there is a transition, not just for me, like my sisters in Oklahoma City, but, you know, for Reese, who has lived here for 19 years. And now she's living three and a half hours away uh, without her parents. And then for my parents, who have known nothing but a a house with uh, kids for 29 years, and now they're empty nesters. Like, that's a huge transition for our whole family. And, you know, they might be happy about that, they might not be. I don't know. Um, Reese is the favorite, is what I've heard. So I'm the middle kid, so I'm kind of last, but you can talk to them about that. But we all go through transition. Students, seventh graders, in church, you're moving up. All of you are moving up to a new grade. There's going to be new kids. You're going to have new kids in your class, uh, people that you're going to have to meet. You know, and it's just, it can be hard. Uh, Some of you guys might be starting a new sport this year. Some of you guys might be quitting a sport for the first time ever. Some of you might be joining a new club. Some of you might be maybe going to a whole new school. Like, you've been going to this school your whole life, and now you're jumping into this new school. And that's so many more people. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, it can be scary. It can be exciting. There's the ups and there's the downs of transition. Parents, it's Promotion Sunday. Some Some of your students are moving up to the children's group. Some of you might be sending your kid to school for the first time ever. And you wonder, where is all the time gone? Like, they're already in kindergarten. And then some of you might be getting ready to send your kid to their senior year of high school. And you wonder, where has all the time gone? Like, they were just kindergartners. And now they're they're about done. Some of you might be getting ready to start a new job or leave an old one. Some of you might be getting a promotion. Some of you might be getting fired. There's all kinds of transitions that happen in our life. And in a book I was reading recently, he talked, it's all about, you know, transition in life, and he was talking about how often they happen. And he said that transitions happen, big monumental moments in our life happen about once every 12 to 18 months. So once every year to year and a half, like, we are going to go through some big transition in our life. And the thing about transition that we've realized is that it can be tough it can be exciting, it can be fun, and there's the good and there's the bad. And so how do we take the good, how do we celebrate the good while also having to face the bad parts? It can be hard. Especially, you know, just like in this story that we read, like, man, like, what if you're going through a storm and you're just like, where is God? Where is he? Where's Jesus? You don't hear from him. You don't see him. Maybe Jesus is sleeping in your boat today. He's sleeping through the storm, and you don't know where he is. I mean, that's exactly where the disciples were, right? Like, that is exactly what they're going through. They have been called by Jesus. So this is Matthew chapter 8, right? In Matthew chapter 8, this is towards the end, but in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus performs his first miracles, Okay, so he, he's performing his first miracles. You know, just not too long ago, he's called the disciples to this life. He has transitioned the disciples away from what they were doing into what they're doing now. Huge transition. So these guys are following this guy who, you know, he says he's the son of God. They've seen him do miracles. I don't know if they're fully bought in yet to who Jesus is. But they follow him. They, they go out on the boat. Jesus says, come on, guys, let's get in the boat. He gets in the boat, and, and they, they take off. So now they're out in the water, and, and I just imagine, you know, Jesus out in the water. He's like, you guys good? All right, I'm going to go take a nap. And he goes, and he takes a nap. So Jesus took a nap, so we should too. Um, but he goes to take a nap, and the disciples, they're kind of left to, to figure it out. How are we going to get across the water? They got it. Like, they're fishermen. They know what they're doing. But then a big storm hits. And you know, the way, that the, the way that it's written, it always makes me think it's like clear skies and then boom, thunder and lightning and waves and all that stuff. But I, I wonder, it probably happened very slowly. They probably saw the clouds coming in. They're like, oh, that, that's not good. And then the rain starts coming down. They're like, should we, where's Jesus? Like where is he? He's sleeping? And, and then all of a sudden the waves right, right over the boat. And they're like, where the heck is Jesus? He's still sleeping, seriously? And they're stressed out, they're freaking out. They don't know, in their heads, they're dead. Like they thought they were gonna die. And so they go down there, somebody goes down there and is like, Jesus, what the heck are you doing? Like you know we're gonna die up there. Like the storms are going, the waves are hitting, we are going to die, what are you gonna do? Like you're sleeping. And Jesus woke up, and he sounds a little grumpy, and I would be too if I got woken up from a nap, especially, there was a storm, right? And I don't know if you guys heard the storm last night, but I don't sleep better than whenever there's rain falling and it's just the best. So I could imagine Jesus was a little perturbed whenever he got woken up. But Jesus, he gets woken up and he's like, what is going on? And he's like, why, why do you guys have such little faith? Like, Why are you afraid of the storm? He's like, did you not just see me perform these miracles? Like, did you not hear me say I'm the Son of God and you're worried about a storm? Like, he, you know, he's, he's a little upset. And, and I don't think Jesus was necessarily super mad at the disciples. Because you read this and you think, well, they took their problems to Jesus. Like, they were worried about the storm, and so they said, well, let's go tell Jesus about it. And that's, that's fair, they did go take their problems to Jesus. But that's not why Jesus was mad. He's not mad because he got woken up. He's not mad because um, you know, they, they came to him with their problems, because I promise you, Jesus wants you to take all of your problems to him, whether they're small, whether they're large, Like Jesus wants to hear about it from you. What Jesus was upset about was the disciples, what they did was they accused Jesus for not doing something. They accused him for not working. They didn't have the faith in Jesus to carry them through that situation. And and that's, you know, not good. But also, I think it can give us a little bit of hope sometimes. Because, I mean, we all run out of faith sometimes. Like, we all don't have the perfect faith. We don't. I don't. I know none of you have a 100% perfect record of, of having faith. And, and so it's cool to see that even those who walked with Jesus struggled with their faith. Even those who were walking and talking with Jesus every single day, they struggled with their faith in Jesus sometimes. Like, it just, it they do. And so today, like, you can just take it, you know, relax for a second. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay if you struggle with that faith sometimes, because Jesus, he's still there. And... We just can't go about accusing Jesus of not working because that's what the disciples did. You know, they didn't say, Jesus, like, I've got this problem. I don't know what we're going to do. There's a storm. Like, are we going to make it? No, they said, Jesus, why aren't you doing anything? Like, we're going to die, and it's your fault. Like, they didn't say that, but, you know, they were, they were mad at Jesus for not working. And, and it's just tough, like, because I get it, right? I get it. There's a storm. They think they're going to die, and in their heads, they've already, they've already died. But man like we can't we can't go to God accusing him of not working in our storm he might be asleep he might be asleep but guess what even when it feels like Jesus is asleep he's still in the boat even when Jesus you feel like he's sleeping through our storm he is still in the boat with you today and the disciples I don't think they fully understood what that meant I don't think the disciples truly understood the divinity of who Jesus was. They didn't really fully comprehend who Jesus was and, and, and that's why him being in the boat just might not have been enough for, him, for them. But what they what they didn't understand and what we need to understand today is that the circumstances that we find Jesus in don't define Jesus' power. It do, it doesn't matter. The circumstances that Jesus is in doesn't define his power. Jesus could be sleeping, and I promise you this, Jesus asleep can do infinitely more than any of us could do awake on 600 milligrams of caffeine. Like Jesus is better than we are. He can do more asleep than we could ever do awake. That's just the simple truth. So, Jesus being asleep doesn't change the power that he has. When I was going through, like over the sermon, I, the, the, the imagery that came to my head was, have you guys seen Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two? Or Avengers Endgame? There's a, a hero in there called Mantis, and she just goes, sleep. And then like all the bad guys, they can't do anything, right? Like they just have no power because they're asleep. And, and I think that's how the disciples probably think Jesus works. He's asleep, and all of a sudden, all the bad stuff can happen. All of a sudden, the storm's gonna turn the boat over, and they're all gonna die. But truly, that is not how Jesus works. Because the circumstances that Jesus are in doesn't affect the power that Jesus has. And, and, and when Jesus works, sometimes we want him to work how we want him to work. We want to tell him where he needs to be, We want to tell him how he needs to act. We want to tell him when he needs to act. We want to tell Jesus these things, because in our heads, if Jesus doesn't work exactly how we say, if Jesus doesn't work when we say it, then his power is limited. And that's what the disciples thought. They thought, man, like he's asleep. What is he going to do? He can't calm the storm asleep. But I promise you that Jesus can. Jesus can calm the storm, whether he's asleep, whether he's awake, Jesus is Lord, no matter what. He's, he's Lord whether he's awake or asleep. Jesus is Lord whether he's a little infant baby born in a manger or whether he's a 30-year-old dude preaching. Jesus is Lord whether he is at his full strength flipping tables or whether he's on the cross dying, breathing his last breath. In all of these, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is more powerful than we ever could be. And so who are we to tell Jesus where he needs to be, what he needs to do, whether he needs to be awake or asleep? No, we just have to sit still and be in his presence. We have to just allow the peace that God brings to roll over us. We have to allow the peace that God brings to show us what he wants for us. When the storm is coming, we don't have control over it. We can't control what storms Are are in our life. And and let me tell you that God doesn't bring those in our lives either. God doesn't set storms in front of us to teach us a lesson. But God can use those storms that we find ourselves in, and He can use those to change us. And He does that because He's right there with you. He can change you because He's right there with you the whole time. He doesn't leave you, He's in the boat with you, even if you don't see Him. You don't hear him. Well, you hear him snoring, maybe. But Jesus is in the boat with you, even if he's asleep. And so, one more thing about fear. You know, we talk, we're talking about faith and fear and how do we balance those things out. Because, I mean, we're all scared of something, right? I have a fear of snakes. I hate snakes. Hannah has a fear of spiders. And so does Tegan, actually. Um, We were on the float trip, and Tegan, uh, every time there was a branch, he would duck in the middle of the raft because he just did not— he was deathly afraid of a spider getting on him. And so I respect it. Spiders are scary. Um, Yeah, and we all have fears. And sometimes fear can be a healthy thing. Uh, Fear kind of turns us away from dangerous situations. So fear can be healthy. But the problem is when we allow fear to overtake our faith. Because fear and faith can coexist with each other. But we can't let our fear outweigh our faith. We can't let our fear have the driver's seat while our faith is sitting in the back seat. Because what happens when we do that is, man, we're hitting that panic button at every storm that we come across. We're hitting that panic button, wondering where Jesus is, what he's gonna do. We don't have the faith that Jesus can calm the storm in your life. And the, the thing that I love about this story that, that helps with this, that can, again, make you kind of, you know, take a deep breath, like relax, it is what Jesus' response was to the disciples. They said, Jesus, like, we're gonna die. Like, what are you gonna do? And Jesus says, you have little faith. Why are you afraid? You of little faith, why are you afraid? Then he gets out of the boat, and he calms the winds and the waves, and they're all like, what the heck? But he, he calms the winds and the waves. And, and, and what that tells us, what we can learn from that is, even when our faith is small, even when our faith is imperfect, even when we don't have 100% faith in God, God's love is still perfect when our faith is small when our faith is imperfect god's love never ceases to be perfect man it doesn't matter you have a little faith but guess what jesus didn't leave them jesus could have walked on the water and just went to the shore but he didn't he stayed in that boat with them even when their faith was lacking so man today maybe you feel like your faith is running out but i promise you that if faith is running out it's okay It's okay, because Jesus is right there with you. He wants to help build that back up in your life. He wants to give you the faith that you need. So how do we live our life in these transitions? These transitions that bring the good and the bad and the ugly, how do we do it? Because I tell you how I don't want to live my life. I don't want to live my life hitting that panic button at every moment I can. Every single storm that comes, I don't want to be freaking out, wondering where God is, wondering what God's going to do. I want to be able to sit still and be calm and know that God is in control. And that's what we need today. To be able to sit still and not, boom, hit that panic button and wonder where God is. And maybe part of the reason Jesus was able to sleep um, so soundly in the storm, uh, band, you can probably start making your way back up soon the reason that Jesus was able to sleep so soundly in the storm today maybe it's because he knew the storm he was facing wasn't the last one like Jesus knew there was going to be another one and another one and another one and another one and another one, and another one. so today you know you might, have, you might have freaked out you might have wondered where is Jesus you might have gotten mad at him for not being in the storm that you're in and you get out and you say God I'm sorry like I'll be better I'll do better And then the very next one, you do the same thing. And you do the same thing. But Jesus, he sits still. He is peaceful. He knows that it is okay because he knows there's going to be another storm and another one and another one and another storm. So today we have to know, I mean, these transitions, they come 12 to 18 months, year to year and a half. That's a lot. And some of those are going to have hard times. Some of those aren't always going to be easy breezy. They're going to be tough. And so we have to know that Jesus is in our boat with us, that Jesus has us, that Jesus will protect us. You know why I know that Jesus will protect you in the storm? Because the same God, the same God who called these disciples out of their life, called them to follow him, the same Jesus who called them into the boat, that called them onto the water, is the same Jesus that's going to protect them through it. Because God isn't going to, or he's not going to start something he's not going to finish. Whatever God starts in your life today, he will finish. Because you were not here by accident. You're not here just because just you walked through the doors. You were here for a purpose and for a plan, and God is with you through that. God is with you every step of the way. So whatever storm you're going through right now, I promise you, God will be with you through it. And that doesn't always mean he's just gonna instantly make everything better. It doesn't mean he's gonna calm the winds and the waves every time, right, whenever you ask. But it does mean that he's not gonna leave you. He's gonna sit there with you through that storm. He's gonna be with you. He's gonna allow, he will calm the winds and the waves. But he's not gonna calm the ones that's around us. He's gonna calm the ones inside the boat. Because to me, what was more detrimental to, to, this, to the disciples here wasn't the storm going on around them. It was a storm that was going on inside the boat. Man, they're stressed, they're worried, they don't have faith, they don't think that Jesus can do it. But I promise you that Jesus can. Jesus had to calm the storm inside the boat before he could do anything else. So man, today, I'm telling you, these, these altars are open. If you feel like you're in a storm today, if you feel like you're going through something, you don't know where Jesus is, come down to the altar. And I'm not telling you that you come down to the altar and you pray and the storm's gonna go away. I, and I'm not gonna even tell you that you're necessarily gonna you know, hear from Jesus. But what I will tell you is that if you sit in the presence of Jesus, if you just sit there and know that he is God and know that he is with you, you will feel peace. You will feel peace in your life, not because of what is said, but who Jesus is. Jesus can be asleep, but if you're right there with him, man, you can feel the peace of Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, you can, I promise you. Know today that Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus is in that boat with you today. Jesus is in that storm with you today. And he wants to help bring you peace through it. So these altars are open today. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your peace. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you for everything you've done for us and through us, God. We thank you for the journey you've set us all on, for the transitions that come through that journey, God. Lord, we pray that as we go through these, God, as we face the storms in our life, God, that you will be there, that your presence will be evident in our lives, Lord, that we can sit still, and that we can know that you are God, and that we can let the peace that only you bring roll over us, Lord, and just help us to be peaceful in the storm, God, to know and to have the faith that you will bring us through it. In your name we pray. Amen.